Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies, and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Miao Ling Wei. She is a motivational storyteller, best-selling author, kundalini yoga teacher, dancer, and alignment coach. As an artist, she weaves the technology of kundalini yoga, um, katona, I'm sorry, inspired yoga, the art of gratitude, sensual movement, and law of attraction into an experiential and immersive workshops and classes. Ooh, can't wait to hear more, right? <laughs> so, Yaling, welcome. Hi. Hello, hello. How are you? I am good, thank you. How are you? I'm wonderful this evening. I am so glad and I truly cannot wait to dive into this conversation because I am just so in awe of all that you do in your story. So I cannot wait for you to just kind of jump in and I just read a tiny powerful bit about you, but can you share just a little bit more before we fully dive in of whatever that means to you of what you'd like to share about you? Uh, yeah. Um, well, this is my very first conversation ever um, <gasps> with anybody about creativity, actually. Whoa. So <laughs> yeah. we're, we're de-virginizing here. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm my honored. very first convo ever. <laughs> But yet creativity is everywhere. And I said, oh, my goodness, this is my first time ever speaking about it. I love it. Well, I'm honored. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is there anything else you want to share before we get started? Or should we just dive into the would you rather question? Oh, um, uh, yeah, let's do the would you rather. That okay. sounds fun. Okay. Here, let me pull up a little sound effect. I realize these sound effects that I found. So here we go. Bam. Okay. Oh, so <laughs> that's fun. I, I like that. Wow. <laughs> so yelling, would you rather go to a zoo or an aquarium? Oh, okay. An aquarium. 
Mm, I was thinking the same thing. Why do you say that? An aquarium. Um, well, first of all, I love water. Mm -hmm. um, being around bodies of water energetically helps me move. Um, if that makes any sense, not not physically move, but um, more like um, uh, it's a feeling that I get in my body um, where I just feel more, I don't know if relax is the word, but more flexible. That's mm. it. Ooh. That's the word. Yes. When I see water or just be near it, I feel more flexible. Ooh. I love that just in the words. I don't know. There's something about it that sounds very soothing about that. And yeah. the, but so interestingly enough, how does that work living in New York City, being surrounded by water, but being in New York City? <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm barely, I barely see water. That's the, that's the whole ironic part about it. I barely see it. Um, if I do want to be near a body of water, I have to drive there. And the closest one by me is actually 20 minutes away. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm there a lot, actually, even, even in the wintertime. There's a really gorgeous boardwalk that's there that's about two and a half miles um one way so i would do my walk there um two ways it was about five miles and i would be listening to podcasts um i would be sometime just doing absolutely nothing and just enjoying the sound of the crashing waves and the wind like blowing against my face and it just feels really good. There's something really cleansing about it. Yeah. 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 It, is. it, it all ties into creativity as, as well. Um, the, the, the story about it is I never thought I was creative in my entire life. I, I never did um, until one day, uh, um, I think this was when I was still a teenager. My sister says, well, I wish I could be as creative as you. Hmm. And I said, what? You know that because um, I've always thought being creative was learning how to draw and I can't. I draw stick figures. So um, or, you know, something like what would it be drawing or or painting right and I, I can't draw anything I can't paint anything you know um so so I said yeah I'm not creative at all and I had no idea well at that time I had no idea what creativity mean apparently and my sister does because so then he, in me. so then here we go so before you go any further tell me how you define creativity now um, at this point in your life now, how I would define creativity is um, the, the amount of flexibility I can have to get that inspiration. It's the inspiration to, to do things that is outside the box. That is, um, that is unique and that has, that has my essence in it something like that, you know, that if, if I made it, 
and materialize it. Someone go, someone would say, oh yeah, I know meowling did that because there's meowling all over that, something like that. That's, so that's how I would, I would um, sort of describe it. So it's authentic, it's individualized in a sense where you've created that. You said that, you know, people would look at it and be like, Miao Ling did that. Like, that's definitely her. That's her mark. Yes. That's, her, that's her way. That's her style. Yes. Yeah, that, that's how um, I, would, I would definitely define that. And I'm actually somebody who needs creativity in my life. If I don't, um, it, uh, I actually feel really constricted and it almost like it dries up my soul. So when, when you did the, would you rather be in the zoo or the aquarium? I was like, Oh, aquarium, most definitely because there's water and I feel like I can, I can move. It's so funny because every time I literally pick these, these are intuitive hits mm-hmm. on which ones serve. And mostly they really serve as some kind of a, they're spoken about more than once in the conversation that I have. It's revisited. It's just really funny how that works. But I want to go back to, so, because you were kind of, you started and then I interrupted because I wanted to hear your definition of creativity now. But obviously when your sister said, I wish I was create as creative as you how old were you and what was she seeing in you that you didn't see um I know that I think I might have been about 15 or something like that and I, I remember being really surprised and uh I said how so because I I demanded her to really tell me because I was just so surprised and she said well you do things differently you don't listen to mom and dad. <laughs> you, you just do your own thing. But, but you get the end result and mom and dad don't know. You know, you just hand it to them and said that you did it their way, but you really didn't. So I said, oh, that's creative. And is she younger than you or older? She's younger. She's younger than me by um, four years. I love that she saw that and talk about spot on because here then what you're talking about. So it's so beautiful that she turned the light on for you to actually, this is the whole thing with shining that spotlight onto, Oh, creativity goes beyond just drawing and painting. Like this is all of what my mission is. Um, But then here in your definition that you said is creativity is the flexibility that you can have to get to the inspiration and to be out of the box. So apparently you've always been doing it. Yeah. And I, I, um, didn't know that because it's just something that is so part of me. Um, that when my sister pointed out, I said, yeah, that's me, but I didn't see a big deal to it or anything like that. And, um, Along the way, you know, I, I kind of lost it. You know, there's like that weaving, you know, in and out as I started to get older. And then I started, I remember becoming more rigid and becoming more structured and not being really happy because I was just so structured where, where I um, wasn't able to move. I mean, to the point where it shows in my clothes, like my, my clothes were, 
like the the um the clothes that I chose were very they were clean lined and they were very fitted to the point where um on a windy day nothing moves oh my god you like speaking poetry you are so poetic it's insane (laughs) so poetic I'm serious. Like you're using all of these words like, oh my gosh, because I write down when people are talking, you were like, it dries up my soul. It um, weaving in and out became more rigid, rigid. Your clothes were very fitted, not even blowing in the wind. Like, oh my God, it's like painting such pictures. (laughs) This is the vision that I see. Like and I'm literally just sitting in my living room, like staring at my kitchen. Mm-hmm. That's it. But it's it's beautiful in what because you're painting because this is exactly the expansion why we have these conversations is that because what you're saying is that what you were showing on the outside, yeah, was a reflection of what you were feeling kind of on the in it's just it's a way, it's how we show up but it's not really how you truly are on the inside. So there's a disconnect, which made you feel really bad. Yeah. Because you weren't being authentic. No, no, I wasn't. And I, and I wasn't, um, I wasn't conscious of that. Mm -hmm. I I wasn't um, until uh, sometime in 2012. This was right after I, I hit rock bottom. So I had hit rock bottom in January 13 of 2012 where um, I guess now I would say it was a great awakening for me. That was the day when I fully committed to me. I said, I'm fully committed to getting happy. And it was literally maybe a second or two when I decided, nope, I am not going to commit suicide. I'm going to stay alive and figure out how to get happy. I didn't know how. And then um, a few months later, I discovered dancing. So dancing, it wasn't the dancing, like you go to, you know, um, you go to a lounge or a club and then the music comes on and then you kind of, you know, move your body here and there, bop up your head up and down. It, it wasn't that. It was, um, uh, it was pole dancing mm-hmm. and sensual dancing. Um, it was my friend's birthday, I remember, and she wanted to do something fun. And she booked um, a place where they did pole dancing. And I said, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go to that pole dancing. Uh, that's that's so not me and I don't feel like we want to do pole dancing but I went and I loved it <laughs> and I signed up <laughs> the only one that signed up and my friend's like oh my god you were so resistant to this yeah. and you were the only one that signed up it was really funny because um why I loved it was because it was it was so free flowing there was there was so much um like i was able to like express my body in all these different ways and i didn't feel constricted 
And it, it was great because my emotion had all these space to, to, uh, to express. It was like I had these space to, to go, to, to do things, you know, to like inhibit, right? Yeah. So I was like, wow, this, this, but I didn't know. I mean, I, I didn't know these words back then. You know, this was 2012. I just know that I felt really, really amazing. And I had set the intention that I was going to go get happy. And I found an activity. Okay, it's pole dancing. That's fine. I'm, I'm going to, um, I signed up. And um, it's wonderful. I mean, I, I still do. I still do it now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still do that. I still go um, dance. Um, well, actually, nowadays, I, I dance in my living room. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of uh, getting comfortable um, with my body, learning how to express different emotions through my body and how to move it, how to move my body with all the different emotions that I have. And because I was doing that, I realized I was um, loosening up the tensions, like the muscles, you know, that was tense, that was in my body. And when they were tense, I felt more relaxed. And the more relaxed I was, I found all these um, unique out of the box way of (coughs) solving problems that I had problems or things that I was stuck on I just suddenly had these aha moments they were just flowing right in and and it it was amazing that that's how I started to realize oh creativity is not just painting and drawing it's finding creative (coughs) solutions hold on one second I'm sorry my god i couldn't control that cough well yes. something's being loosened up from your throat mm. god it is but what you were saying is just so perfect <clears throat> i just um it's everything that you said is so uh, it's so insightful but i want to just dial back for a minute and i'm sorry if i interrupted you on the mm. coughing in and, and all that but um so here you said at 2012, you had this, you hit rock bottom, you'd mm-hmm. been unhappy for a while in what mm-hmm. you were doing, and you had thought about committing suicide, and then you were like, no, that's, I'm going to get happy, which is an extreme to go, it's like that whole Abraham Hicks, like on the, on the levels, yes. <laughs> when you're feeling this way, and then to go all the way up there, so I guess my question is, is that through dance and movement, which we, which you discovered, there was a, cause you worked through emotions. You worked through a lot, didn't you? In the actual movement, cause emotions come to the surface. Yes. Yes. Um, I cried hundreds of times on that dance floor, like hundreds mm-hmm. of times, like cried, wail, stomp, got angry, got pissed off, cursed, all sorts of things have it was it was therapy it was therapy for me yeah, yeah. so you were it was it was releasing you were just release 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 yeah yeah that was um that that was the 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 um the technique it was through dance and it, i felt like it was wow this is this is genius mm-hmm. it and, is those uh, i'm sorry go ahead 
what I learned from all this was um, through the dancing, I was able to release these emotions, but not only that, but it was also, the class was all women. So we had to pick a song. It was a two hour class. So we picked the song, um, any song that we wanna dance to for, for that day. And it could be, you know, um, however, um, however we felt, or if we want to bring out a certain emotion that we want to try out. And then we would bring clothes that would potentially draw out that emotions that would help it. And then we give the song to our instructor and she would play it. And whoever songs it was, that women become the spotlight dancer and the other women would be the supporting women that would be dancing next to her supporting her in whatever emotions that needs to come out oh my god that's so powerful it really is it is so not only did i learn how to express my emotions through my body but it was also teaching me to love other women that we're not competing against each other. You know, we're all sisters. And mm. we're, that was also the time when I learned how to receive support and how to ask for support and how to give support. Wow. So, okay. So <clears throat> here you're on this amazing journey with dance. So, when did the kundalini yoga and the breath work work in that that came in also in 2012 <laughs> things came in 20 so it was a few months later um me doing the dancing dancing is with um is with s factor after i discover s factor a few months later um kundalini found me i attended a fundraiser and it was from a woman who had attend S factor. She had put like a notice on the bulletin somewhere that there's um there's a fundraiser, and a few of the women from S factor were going. So I went, and that was when um there was a there was a guided meditation, and that was also the first time I did a meditation like ever. I started to cry. A mantra came on, and I started to like burst into tears and I said oh my goodness I'm crying in front of strangers but yet like I didn't care because my body needed that release so I just let it go and I said oh my goodness what what is this because my body was reacting to it in an, in this amazing way so then later on I, I realized it was called kundalini yoga and I got information about it. And then I started to take classes after work. So literally beginning 2012, it was one day was dance class. The next day was Kundalini yoga. The following day was dance class. The next day was Kundalini yoga. So I was just doing that for a few years. So you were just cleansing. Yeah. You were, you yeah, were just, just cleansing. Clearing, cleansing. Um, <sighs> creating connections, community, learning how to ask for help, learning how to be present, like so much, 
growth going on. That's it's insane all at one time. And I didn't know that this was growth. All I knew was that this is, I'm, I'm, I'm much happier. So let me continue this. I had no idea where it was going to go at, at all. I just thought, okay, um, it's working. So let me continue it. And I, so, I end up growing. So <clears throat> along this journey, you're like, wow, I'm feeling so much better. You've again, you've gained like a community. Did these people become your friends? Yes. Yes, they did. They did. Um, we saw a lot of ourselves in, in the most vulnerable point of our lives during in, in that dance class. Like we knew what was going on with each other. And even though, let's say we haven't spoke for a week and then the following week we see each other and we are on that dance floor dancing, I would know if I haven't seen this woman for a while or maybe for a month and then she comes back, she goes to class and then she does a dance. And I can tell from the way her body's moving that something, she had a huge shift in her life hmm. from the way her body is moving. It, it, it was different from the last time. The last time maybe she was, she couldn't um, open her jaw because she was so tense. The next thing I see, she's freely opening her jaw saying, ah, and I said, oh my goodness, something really amazing <clears throat> just shifted. What shifted? I would go to her, I was like, what shift in you? What happened? Tell me. <laughs> it's it's a language. It's beautiful. It's really paying attention and noticing. Because if you, as you're saying this, I would challenge the listeners here live and catching the replay. Notice how people are walking down the street. Notice how people are holding themselves at work or wherever you are. Are their shoulders curled in? Are they standing with their shoulders back? Is their head up? Is their head down? Um, all of these things I'm just thinking to say because it just kind of shows how a person's feeling and where they're at at the time. Yes, absolutely. The, the body, you can, you can tell a lot from a person, you know, just by the way they move, the way they're standing, their posture, the way they're breathing. Yeah, everything. If you, if you just look, you kind of can put something together. So talk to me about this convergence breathwork method. Yeah. So this came at a, as a surprise to me. Um, so what was it? Okay, so I, I'm a kundalini yoga instructor by now. I decided to be a teacher because I said, yes, I really want to teach um, full time and give access to everybody, yoga, mindfulness, and how to get in touch with themselves, really. That, that's what it is in a nutshell, right? Mm -hmm. So I did my training in 2018. And then I believe in 2019, I had like a Reiki certification. Like, so I was one of those people who are constantly getting certification, getting after certification. And I'm spending a lot of money on, on these certifications. And I said, you know what? I'm going to put together a class and workshop and I'm going to put it out there, right? So I put a class together and um, this was before the pandemic. So everything was in person. 
and I was I was noticing in class that when people were coming in, um, the energy felt frantic in the room. People were coming from different places, and I said, okay, before I start class, I need to reset the energy and have them be more focused or at least present. So I had them sit and relax and I taught them how to breathe from the belly. And then I said, okay, I'm just going to have them count. I'm going to count from one to five, have them inhale and exhale. And I did that for five minutes just to reset the room before I did class. And I did that every single time. It's very similar to tuning in. In Kundalini yoga, before a class starts, we would Mm -hmm. tune in. So instead of tuning in, that's what I did. I had everybody breathe from one to five, five to one. And then at the end of class, I would always ask for feedback. I said, what was great about it? What did you love? What, what you didn't? And they told me the first time I remember, the first time I received the feedback that they love the five-minute breath work in the beginning, mm-hmm. I was seriously disappointed. <clears throat> I was disappointed because I said, really? That's what you love out of everything else? I mean, I studied... I got lucky in my certification. Look how much I spend on this. How much time I devoted to all these meditations that I had to do every day. The tests that I had to go through. And then you like this five-minute thing? Right. So I I told them, you know, that's not Kundalini Yoga, right? I remember I said it a few times and they said, oh, okay. As if like it didn't make a difference. Okay. Right. So I said, okay, you know, maybe. And then I, I toyed with, with it in my mind. Oh, maybe it's the first one. And maybe they, you know, forgot about the other breath work. And that's why they set this one. You know, I, I was just making this up in my head. That's what I'm thinking. Right. And then, and this was 2018. So then, um, but over the years, I would get that many many times I would get the same feedback and I go okay and not only did I get similar feedback but um it was uh what was it oh it was a few months ago and I was teaching in a membership group and the woman asked me she said do you mind teaching that five minute you know breath work every day because she feels that her membership group really need it. Mm-hmm. And I go, wow, there's this five minute thing again. And I'm like, and I'm thinking, what's up with this? Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I slept on it. And then I remember um, I woke up in the middle of the night and I go, that's it. That's it. I had this like aha moment. And the aha moment was, that everyone is telling me what they value, what they like, but I chose not to see it because I felt and I value the one that I, the, the techniques and tools that I was certified in because I paid a lot of money and I put in a lot of effort into being good at it. 
Mm. And then I realized there's really something to be said about something that's truly original that is coming out from each person's soul that does not need to be certified because it's from you. And then that's when I said, oh, this is why they like this five minute piece the most because it's me, they got me. They, they didn't get the kundalini yoga that was created by somebody or that was pulled from somewhere, right? They didn't get the Reiki. They didn't, they didn't get any or, or, or the yoga that I was learning. They didn't get any of that stuff. This five-minute breath work was, was mine. You know, they, they got me. My essence came out of this. So I said, oh, I didn't value this. So then I started I started, okay, this <laughs> this is I, I'm on to something. And mm-hmm. in 2018, it was called I had a business card. And mm-hmm. in the back of it, I had this five minute um, breath work. And I used to call it five seconds to sunshine because you know you're in, in five seconds, you're counting to five, you know, you can you can feel really good. And then I said, okay, let me, let me think this over and give it, you know, a nice name, like a, a name that I actually like and not just something that I felt like thrown, that it was thrown together. So I renamed it. I renamed it to the convergence breathwork method because after doing this five minute piece, then um, you actually feel less scattered. You're actually more focused and you're more present. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is, I, I, I didn't know that because um, as I'm doing the, the five minute piece, I'm guiding someone and I'm watching their energy and I'm basically trying to bring them back to presence and that is their feedback to me. So that's why I decided to call it the convergence breathwork method. And it's, it's, um, it's how I've been doing things. I guess I've just been doing things um, my own way and then producing things um, in my way and being out of the box. But then I'm, I'm giving people the result that they needed. Just like, I guess, what my sister said when I was 15. Hey, you don't listen to mom and dad when they tell you to do it this way. You just did it in this other way, but then you give it to them exactly how they want it. Right. <laughs> So I was like, okay. Always been doing it. And I really appreciate what you're saying too, is that the labels, like you said, it was this thing that you worked for. You paid money for it. There was value in taking, you know, becoming a Kundalini yoga teacher and being a Reiki master and, you know, all these things you paid for these. So then when you're leading a class and you ask for feedback and they're like, well, I really appreciated the the breath work in the beginning. And you're like, wait a minute. So, but (laughs) where that, where that light comes on and where I especially relate is when that's where I learned so much in being in classrooms and working with people um, in art and being an art teacher for 30 years, but beyond just art in itself, because art is everything it's realizing what resonates with people. So yeah, what you did was you set the stage for them to be able to be more present in the rest of the practices, mm-hmm. the practice yeah. that you were doing. They just mm-hmm. recognized that, especially because it led them into that space 
where they yeah. could be more relaxed and they could be more present and right. then do everything that you had the training for and you delivered so well because some in, in class I would be like, really? Like that resonated with you? <laughs> I can't even think of an example right now, but I'd be so surprised that the littlest thing that I, because I would like go over lesson plans and get caught up in this silly stuff of mm -hmm. until I finally learned to just, yes, the lesson plan serves, there's a purpose for it because it would walk me through things that I didn't think of before. Mm -hmm. um, so it could set the stage, but there's such an openness that you need to provide to be in a space, especially within a creative means to give people the freedom to express. And if you're too tight with it, you're restrictive. And that's when people yeah. are gonna push back. Um, so you just setting the stage with that little bit, I just really resonate and I'm sure that that's what they were responding to. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they are. And it's, um, I, I've learned this lesson. I mean, literally I, I learned it um, two months ago. It was pretty recent. <laughs> Mm -hmm. this is something that was really really recent yeah it was like the biggest aha moment um that that i had so as we're crazy this is like the time just goes by so quickly so i want to make sure we dive into these other aspects before all of a sudden the conversation is over <laughs> at the top of the hour so You've told us about some things that and how you incorporate creativity into your own life, but are there more things that you want to touch on and ways that you now see what creativity is that you incorporated in? Yeah, um, I I do one or two creative things. I intentionally do them on a daily basis. So um, sometime. You know, I have a lot of errands to run and errands are not really that creative. They can be really mundane, but I like to still do something that it's still not um, perhaps like a, take a different route to the place that I need to get to or something like that or park a little bit further away. And I don't know, um, walk around the block before I go into the store so I would do things that um, allow me to not fall into a routine in a way where I'm not present because I realize that if I fall into a routine every day, routine is great, but then um, I'm so used to the mundane that I'm not present. So I would make sure that I still stay present. And sometimes I find delightful surprises because I've, gotten, I've done this little detour you know, I would see something or run into somebody I know. And then these little things that are unexpected spark up my creativity because they are unexpected. Yeah, I love that. It's so true. It's the simplest little things of, of just switching it up because you're exactly right. You see something different. There's that it's amazing. I can't tell you when we lived in New York, how many people I'd bump into that I hadn't mm -hmm. seen in forever. So here yeah. you think of New York as being this big place, but it really isn't. All of a sudden you just took a little bit of, di of a different way. It's like, oh my God, what are you doing here? <laughs> like it's been yeah. forever. And the whole serendipity thing, just so cool. That's right. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So, okay. So errands, yes. Taking something like that, what you might see as mundane and switching it up. How else do you bring it in? How else? Um, in my clothes, because I, I've noticed my clothes. Um, I had these like different phases, right? So I had the phase where I was in corporate. So when I was in corporate, I noticed the clothes were extremely fitted to the point where it doesn't move at all. They were just really stiff. And I didn't realize that until later on. So, um, and then I got into this phase of, I just want to be free and flowing. And I wore something that looked like a muumu because I was just so free and it was really formless. And then I, and then now I said, okay, I, I didn't want to be formless because if I'm formless, then I can't bring it down to earth, right? I'm not manifesting and, and anchoring it into this earth. So I decided, um, I went to the mall and I said, I'm going to try on as many clothes as I want and see how it looks and feel in my body. Mm. And then after a while, I noticed, oh, I'm starting to be drawn to certain shapes of, of clothing and how they move. So now what I like, which is basically where I am right now, that's what it feels like. They, they are clothes that contour my body that still have the, um, the boundaries and the shapes, right? But it moves. It's, it's loose enough so that when I am walking, my clothes actually move with me. And it doesn't necessarily move in the same direction as me. You know, it's, it's moving. It's, I like things that are more like silk chiffons, you know, things that are very um, fluttery, you know, and light and flexible, right? But it still has pattern and, and cuts mm -hmm. to it. So it's, um, I was like, I, I, I didn't, I didn't uh, go look for clothes like that. I just went to the store and just started trying on things. And then I, I, I had like a yes side and a no side. And then I just looked at the clothes and I said, oh, this represent the phase that I'm in right now. So tell me, have you, do you like to shop for clothes? Yeah, I do. So you've always liked to shop for clothes. I've always loved to shop for clothes. Yeah. Okay. Because I love hearing how you're talking about this and mm -hmm. it's really opening me up because I do not like to shop for clothes. I okay. don't really, I, it kind of stresses me out. <laughs> <laughs> but, mm -hmm. but what's interesting and what I'm finding for myself, honestly, is as I'm being put into more situations where I'm more public and more mm -hmm. present, and yeah. I have a newer opportunity now where I have now I am creative as a, as a TV show. So mm -hmm. I'm present in front of a camera and yes. I want to show up where I'm matching my inside to my outside. So uh -huh it's taking on this attitude of not being seeing it in a certain way, kind of like changing mm -hmm. those mindset patterns. And I just love what you're saying is that you just went into stores and you just were like, I'm trying on to see how I feel in them. Yes. It's not like I have 10 minutes. I have to go in and find something and leave. Like this is, 
you're allotting time to feel into what feels good. Yeah, yes, because I, I went in with no intention of buying. The only intention is how do I look in these clothes and how do I feel in them? And how do I feel in the different type of fabrics that that's there? Um, why I, I, I love this so much is because um, growing up, my grandpa used to have a fabric store mm-hmm. in Indonesia. So mm-hmm. maybe this is why I um, I'm very textile. Mm-hmm. Is that the word? Yeah, that that I um, so so the the store would have different um different type of fabrics, you know, and people would come in, customers would come in and they would ask for different styles, you know, and my grandpa would say, or for you, your style would be this. And he would recommend like different type of fabrics and different type of prints. And I guess when I was young, you know, I, I was, I watched that. I saw that. Mm -hmm. So growing up, you know, I guess with, with that type of experience and seeing that I've always had this, um, this eye for, for clothes and how it looks on people, how it looks on me, how it moves on people. You know, I just never made the connection until, um, until I got older that, um, the clothes that we wear, it represents for the most part, you know, what stage we're at with ourselves. Yeah, I like how you brought that back a few times in the conversation where you Mm -hmm. said it represents the stages to ourselves that we're in. Because I think it is very important to point out because if we're growing, there's, there's, there's phases, even if it's not like huge, expansive, like jumping and leaping to totally different things. We have phases that we're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's important to recognize that. Yeah. It's important to recognize it. And it's important to honor it, you know, because it's okay to be in these phases. There's, there's nothing wrong in being these phases because it's, you're still progressing to, to growing. Yeah. So in the intro, I mentioned, and I want to make sure we get to this before we get to the final question, is law of attraction um, into here. So talk to me about what that means to you. What that means to me. Um, So I first learned about the law of attraction after watching The Secret like many years ago. I had no idea what the law of attraction is, but somebody had recommended me to watch The Secret. So I watched it. Um, Well, let me backtrack. Before I watched The Secret, um, he he alluded to the fact, because I had told him the story about me hitting rock bottom, being unhappy, and I decided not to commit suicide. And he said, did it ever occur to you that your unhappiness is your, your state of happiness is your responsibility. And I looked at him and said, what on earth do you, are you talking about? All these things happened to me. How dare you say this is my fault. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then he said, watch the secret. And I had never heard of that. So I got on Netflix and watched it. And it's all about, you know, mindset and our thoughts a thought pattern and how if we are in a certain thought pattern, we would attract more of that. 
whatever thought pattern it is, but it, whether it's positive or negative, if we're thinking negatively, then we're attracting that. If we're thinking positively, then we're attracting that. And I said, oh, even when I when I saw the secret and sort of kind of understood it logically, I still didn't understand it because I never experienced it. Yeah. Right. So I said, okay, um, intellectually, this makes sense, sort of. So, but because I was intentionally measuring, not measuring, um, intentionally um, being really attentive with my emotions, Mm -hmm. I noticed that during days, I kept a journal and I noticed during days when I was really on that high horse of being happy and everything was going right. It was almost like things that I, that I wanted, like really small things, you know, I would naturally attract them into my life. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes something would happen. I would get triggered and then I would spiral and then I would have a week or two that I'm, you know, not feeling so great. And I noticed during that time, what was happening in my life, what, what, what I was attracting, um, how my mood was and things like that. So I said, Oh, perhaps there's actually something. And that's when I started to kind of understand a little bit of what law of attraction is. Yeah. And then the more I delved into it, and the more I read up on it, and I also follow Abraham Hicks, um, the more I understood it a, a, a lot more where our thoughts actually produces a, a frequency, right? And that frequency, whether we call it negative or positive, attracts the very same frequency that's out there. Somebody else, a situation that has that very same frequency and we just happen to label it positive or negative. So, yeah. um, it, it, and, and, then, and then we, you know, and then we attach emotion to it. Mm-hmm. I love how um, <laughs> your friend said your state of happiness is your responsibility. I totally get the defensiveness. Because I've had that said to me too. And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) There's all of this happening, just like you said. And you're telling me that it's my fault that, and then there's that person, if they're centered enough, if they're delivering Mm -hmm. this to you and they're centered enough, they're not going to argue with you. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) They're they're just listening. And then it's just like, hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And I said, just watch the secret. He was like, I say no more. Just watch the secret. Exactly. It's not like somebody who speaks, speaks this and understands it to the core will mm-hmm. not get into a dialogue and get into an argument with you about something yeah. like this. Yeah. It's, that person knows when to stop and say, just like they said, go, just go watch the movie or bring it down to trying if you can have just a, an even conversation, if not, then, you know, you yeah. just go watch the movie. <laughs> That's right. Cause even now, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm very <clears throat> attentive to, 
to my own energetic frequencies. You know, I, I make sure that I am at a certain energetic frequency so that, uh, so that I feel good. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea. And to those listening, I'm wondering, you know, if people do this, um, if other people do this with the journaling, your emotions and just really going back and looking at that and noticing, even if it's like a simple checklist, not a checklist, but like just saying, feeling, um, you know, I'm feeling eh, today and then just kind of listing some things that are going on in your world. And then I'm really excited that this is happening today. And then listing things that are going on in your world. It really is a concrete way to see this whole idea of manifestation. And you notice it in the smallest, in the smallest of ways. Recently, somebody out of the total blue offered me something as a gift where it was so generous. And I was just Mm. feeling really good that day. And I was just like, wow, that's, I don't know how it would have been on any other day because you don't know, you don't have a crystal ball to know if the opposite would be, Mm -hmm. but it was just, you know, being very open to receive, you know? Yes, absolutely. When, when you, when your energy is open, then that gift can come in and, and you say, oh my goodness, I feel so good. I feel so abundant. I feel amazing. I'm, I'm getting a gift. Yeah. So much gratitude. There's so much gratitude. Yes, absolutely. And then I learned that, um, I don't know who said it. Um, somebody said it. It's a quote. I saw it somewhere. They said that, um, life is a buffet, but we're all starving. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's, there's so much that you can take in. There's so much love. There's so much um, abundance. There's so much um, appreciation. It's, it's everywhere. Even if you wake up every day and you're in the same room every day, you still can find something to appreciate, something different to appreciate every single day. It's there and, and yeah. it's free, right? So if yeah. I didn't see that, I know before pre-2012 I didn't see that but it was everywhere but I was starving I was Mm. starving myself I wasn't taking it in I wasn't taking in the love you know I wasn't taking in the appreciation of others you know instead I was close I was closed off to that because I was I was so overwhelmed with the experiences that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. I had just as much experiences that I didn't like and experiences that I like. I would I can't say that I had more experiences that I didn't like. I can't say that at all. But at that time, I chose to dwell on the experiences that I didn't like. So it seems like I had a lot of experiences that I didn't like. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause you're, you're in that mindset and thinking it, and I don't know, would it be true to say that as we're getting to the top of the hour and a lot of what I've heard you say in this is that going back to the beginning, when you said, when you were so unhappy and then you decided to make a change that it's about trying these things that are different, switching it up, 
here you did the pole dancing, you were resistant, it changed your life. Yes. And then you were like, oh, okay. And then you were more open actually to somebody mentioned the Kundalini class and you're like, oh, I never did that. And then found yourself in a meditation that just opened up your layers even more, more vulnerable, but you're like, I'm ready for this right now. Yeah. To then talking about doing errands and switching it up and changing your path, like not staying still. Yeah. And not staying still and not staying rigid. It's, it's all about the flexibility. The flexibility allows you to see, it just gives you a different perception. So this leads exactly to the final question, which is why do you think creativity is important? Oh, it's, it's a secret sauce to life. It really is. This creativity is the secret sauce to life. It's the life force. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it is. Um, we are all creative. All of us have this creativity built in, in us. And it's the, um, it's, it's the ability to express who we are at our own, at our core. That's creativity. I give everybody um, a quote. There's so many quotes that come from the conversations, but I pull mm -hmm. one and yours is creativity is the secret sauce to life. I love oh, that. I love that too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Like we could just keep talking and talking, but can you please tell people how they can connect with you? Yes, um, they can connect with me um, on Facebook. They can find me, um, Miao Ling. And they can also find me on Instagram under my handle is Miao Ling, Miao Ling mm -hmm. Wee, actually. And then um, my website, if they want to learn more about me and my work, it's MiaolingWee.com. Very easy. Very easy to access. It's just your name. Yes, it's just my name. <laughs> Nothing confusing about it. Um, so before we say our goodbyes and all of that, is there anything that else that you want to share that you feel? Any words of wisdom? I had an amazing time. So did I. <laughs> in this conversation, it's been... It, there's so much pleasure that, that came out of my body. Literally, I'm actually walking around my living room. I, I was sitting before, but I was like, oh, I feel like I need to get up and, mm -hmm. and, and walk around and, I don't know, move my body in all sorts of ways. So it's, it's been extremely pleasurable to have this mm -hmm. conversation with you. Well, I'm so glad. I really am so grateful for you taking the time to have this conversation and to talk to everybody in expanding this definition so we can all, we can just all benefit. Um, we will have more conversations because we need to have more, you and I need to have more conversations about this because there's so much more to discuss, but um, yeah. Absolutely. I really, I really appreciate you and Thank you, those that were here with us live and those catching the replay. This space is all about 
inspiring each other, sharing stories and connecting. So please like, follow, share. I believe we've always needed this, but I think we need it now more than ever. We need the connection. We need to lift each other up and feel empowered. So wherever you are in this world, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, and look forward to chatting again soon. So goodbye, everybody. Have a great evening. Bye-bye. Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. <laughs> Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and huh? be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. Here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out. Explore our experiential kits. They have everything in them that you need to try new things. You don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore. There's Creative Shui, which is seven elements to join happiness. Through the Publishing House, Express Yourself Publishing, multi-author books, coffee books, solo book opportunities. It is all about expression, all about it. And it's, again, just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't. We are not made for boxes. <laughs> there is also my TV show, I Am Creative check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link and you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it. See what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is IamCreativePhilly.com. So I am creative Philly, P-H-I-L-L-Y dot com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. I am looking forward to hearing your story because we all have one.